What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always with my two co-hosts, John Kegley and David Drogemeyer, three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been covering the Chargers for four seasons now, doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live. And this is our second season with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, yesterday we recapped the game against the Seahawks, and this is a short week for the Chargers because they have the 49ers on Thursday night, 7 p.m. in San Francisco. So we have a lot to squeeze in, a lot of jobs on the line. But in today's show, we're going to start with the news that has some implications for the Chargers and just massive implications around the league, and specifically for the Colts, who had Andrew Luck retire shockingly over the weekend totally surprising move by Andrew Luck he was rehabbing another injury last thing we knew it was questionable for week one and then this latest news that he is retired so we will get into that in the first segment obviously huge news throughout the week and we didn't get to talk about it yesterday because we are recapping the game but in the second segment we're going to talk about a surprise cut there's an article from boltbeat.com asking who could be this year Spencer Pulley another a surprise cut from the Chargers a guy who we thought would probably make the team and then did not make the team. So their answer to this was Jatavis Brown. So we're going to get into that in the second segment, talk about if he could be a surprise cut this season. And then to wrap the show up today, we're going to be talking about the Chargers projected win totals this year. ESPN ran their football power index, did a simulations, and they came up with a ceiling and a floor for the Chargers season. So that was including the Derwin James news. So this is kind of the most updated version of something like this that we've seen. So we'll get into that to wrap up the show today. But let's go ahead and get into it, guys. This is your Locked On Chargers lead story. I'm Daniel Wade with John Kegley and David Drogemeyer. Guys, the news today is that Andrew Luck has retired from the NFL after only seven seasons after being the number one overall pick for the Colts and he is now retired and this is just really shocking news around the NFL it's been crazy to see how other players throughout the league have reacted to this a guy who was superstar level player one of the best quarterbacks in the league definitely one of the best young quarterbacks in the league I mean only seven seasons you guys Andrew Luck was a player that I don't think I've ever seen so much hype surrounding he was a college phenomenon He just always had every eye on him as far as quarterbacks in college when he was at Stanford. And he lived up to the hype, guys. He took the Colts to an 11-5 and record his rookie season. His all-time numbers were just astounding, I mean, for how short his career was. In the first six seasons, he had the second most touchdowns ever ahead of Peyton Manning with 171, only behind Dan Marino, with 196. That's pretty good company. Most passing yards in first six seasons. Andrew Luck was third on that list, 23,671. He obviously missed one entire season due to injury. So this was his entire career, these six seasons. And David, it relates to the Chargers because the Chargers play against the Colts week one, and he was questionable for that game with a lower leg injury. We'll call it that because it was very mysterious what was actually going on there. And now he decides to hang it up. So how shocked were you when you saw that over the weekend? And what do you think it means now for the Chargers? 
I mean, I was just like, wow, wait, did, did I read that correctly? Did it really say Andrew Luck decided to retire? I mean, it took me a couple of minutes to process the information. I just, I didn't believe it. I know he's missed some time in his career with, with some pretty serious injuries. And uh, basically what he said in his press conference that, you know, it's been really hard to rehab. And, you know, if I was going to go down this road with another serious injury again, I was going to hang it up. Andrew Luck said that he's had other interests in life. He just got married, just had a, a child. So he basically said, hey, I'm tired of being hurt. Uh, I need to move on with my life. Uh, and, you know, as a sports fan and probably, you know, fans of the Colts, I, I, I can understand why some of them are very upset. But, hey, this is his life. And we know football is a very, very dangerous game to play. And injuries are a part of it. As Charger fans, we've been very blessed uh, to have Philip Rivers. To you know, he's also had some very serious injuries, but he's been very healthy throughout his career. That's just not the case with most players in the NFL. So, wish the best for Andrew Luck. But obviously, this has a tremendous impact on Week One and for the Colts for the rest of their season. Yeah, and just their trajectory as a franchise in general. I mean, this changes everything for the Colts. They were built around Andrew Luck to win now. They had a super competitive roster, and I think they still will be a very competitive team with Jacoby Brissett. But let me just take a second to point out the fans in Indianapolis who had the nerve to boo Andrew Luck from the stands as he was walking off of the field. I mean, that was just a very classless act by those fans. I feel terribly for Andrew Luck, who literally gave his body for that franchise to have them turn on him so quickly. And I think that just kind of is most NFL fans in a nutshell. You know, if you can't help the team anymore, you're not really helping them anymore. And that was just a really selfish thing by those fans. I felt really bad for Andrew Luck. But for the Colts now and for the Chargers, this changes the week one matchup dramatically because you went from having Andrew Luck to now you're going against Jacoby Brissett. So Jacoby Brissett actually started 15 games for the Colts when Andrew Luck missed the entire season. He went 4-11 in those games, but he still had a 13-7 to touchdown interception ratio, but he did get sacked 52 times. I'm not going to take too much into that, John, that record specifically, because I think the supporting cast around him is much better now. But the Chargers now have to game plan for a guy that's much different than Andrew Luck. Still a little bit mobile, not super athletic, but a big body, hard to tackle. And now it might be easier, but Jacoby Brissett is no pushover. He's not a pushover. This guy isn't that bad of a QB either. He was actually picked by the Patriots to play one of their starting games when Tom Brady wasn't out, and he won that game. And if you were good enough to be with Patriots to be Tom Brady's backup, there's something to say about that. And when he went to the Colts, yeah, he had a 4-11 record, but the players weren't that great. He had one weapon, and that was T.Y. Hilton. Now they have guys like Eric Ebron and those type of guys, so they have more weapons. It was his first year starting, so now he actually has some experience behind that. His confidence is probably way higher now. Not a great offensive line. Even without that, with that bad offensive line, he still threw for 3,100 yards and can run the ball. This guy is no pushover. He, this guy is actually pretty good. He, this game is not going to be some easy game because Andrew Luck isn't there. We're going to have a handful with Jacoby Brissett, but the fact that it's not Andrew Luck makes it a little bit better. The other two things, John, is now he has a much better offensive line. They had one of the best offensive linemen in the draft last year. Quentin Nelson made a big difference for them last season. The defense is much better. 
And we haven't seen Jacoby Brissett under Frank Reich, the Chargers former quarterback coach. He's made a big difference there as well in the offensive game planning. So the Chargers, the Chargers might have gotten a little bit lucky by not having Andrew Luck, but they are still going to have their handful week one against the Colts because that is a very good football team. But we do have a lot of other things to talk about today, guys, because roster cuts are coming August 31st. So we need to find out who is going to be on this team when Sunday rolls around. This coaching staff has a lot to watch, and there's a lot of guys that might get cut that we may not be expecting. So we're going to go ahead and get into that in the next segment. But first, guys, I need to give another shout out to our friends at BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The best part about Blue Chew, guys, is it's prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. If you go to BlueChew.com, you can get your first order for free with the promo code LOCKEDON. All you got to do is pay $5 in shipping. The product is free. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. All right, guys, time to get into the next segment, talking about an article from BoltBeat.com discussing who might be a surprise cut this year. The real article says, who is this year's Spencer Pulley? So 2017, Spencer Pulley was the Chargers starting center for basically the entire season. He was an undrafted free agent. They got some use out of him. He played okay. I think he played well for a guy who we didn't really expect anything from, but it was still a little surprising that they cut bait with him after that year that he started. We know they brought in Mike Pouncey, and that's what it says in this article, too. That was a big reason for why he was cut, but they decided to keep Scott Questenberry over him, a fifth-round pick. And there's a lot of parallels right now with this Jatavis Brown situation. So the three points that they outline here when what happened with Spencer Poy's case was the team signed a much better veteran Pro Bowl player. Two, he was not expected to be a starter but he was expected to be kept as depth. And three, the Chargers drafted a player on day three who made it on the roster over them. So, John, then when you look at that and compare it to Jatavis Brown's situation, the team assigned Thomas Davis, a guy who plays at that position, who's better and is a veteran and a pro bowler. Number two, Brown is not expected to be a starter, but is considered important depth. And number three, the team drafted a day three player who will make it on the roster over him. So that hasn't happened yet, but the Chargers drafted Emeka Igbule and Drew Tranquil. And even though Drew Tranquil has been lining up at the Mike linebacker, we expect him to also play some well as well and expect him to play all over and bring some versatility. So, John, when I lay it out for you like that, do you think there's a case there for Jatavis Brown potentially not making this roster? There's definitely a case. He hasn't been the same player we saw that first year when he was all over the place and getting our hopes up. And we started talking about this guy being the future and then he gets injured and he hasn't been the same. Can't make the plays in the run. He's not the same in the passing game. He's still pretty good in the passing game, but nothing like what he used to be. I think there's a good case for him to get cut. You got a bunch of young guys that are flying all over the field. You even got guys like 
Kazir White running around making plays. Uchenna Nwosu is running around making plays. So even if you were going to try to put him in those those spots, those two are already way above his level. And Thomas Davis, Denzel Perryman are taking over most of those snaps as well. So where are you going to put him? What use do you have for him? you got two young guys as well. Where are you going to put him? And how much of a roster spot are you willing to give up to put him on them? You could probably keep more offensive linemen, which we need way more than linebacker right now. Well, and that's the thing is how many are you going to keep on this roster? There's a lot of tough decisions and certain positions are going to have less depth than others if they need to try to keep guys that they're not thinking will make it to the practice squad or will not clear waivers. So I think Jatavis Brown is a semi on the hot seat, even though he did have 97 tackles last year, had a sack. He came in when the Chargers needed it to him before he got hurt after the other linebackers got hurt as well. So he was a mainstay on the Chargers defense last year, and he played a ton. So I think it's not super likely that he gets cut, but I would think that the Chargers would have to at least consider it. After the last game, Anthony Lynn had a comment on Jatavis Brown and said, I don't know how he played, to be honest with you. Right now, I'll have to watch this. I don't know how he played, to be honest with you right now. I'll have to watch the tape. He finished the game okay. He was a little rusty. First time getting some live full speed reps. He's a guy that can line up and play all three linebacker positions. His versatility is really important to our defense, and it's good to see him back on the field. So, David, you're hearing it from Anthony Lynn right there that the Chargers very much value his versatility. They think he can play all three linebacker positions. I'm not sold on that. But do you think that that versatility and the coach Anthony Lynn's thoughts on it are enough to keep him on this team? And do you think that speaks to whether or not the Chargers will or won't release him based on his statement? Yeah, so with Jatavis Brown, Daniel, I mean, he's had a lot of injury issues. I mean, yeah, he had 97 tackles last year, but this year, he this is his first, you know, live game reps. I mean, and we're in, you know, we're past the third preseason game, and he just got involved. And so, you know, Edwin touched on his versatility. I think the Chargers drafted a guy who matches that versatility and Drew Tranquil, who I believe has been a lot more productive uh, even in uh, Jatavis Brown's short uh, amount of snaps this year. So I think the hot seat is definitely very, very warm for Jatavis Brown because the, the Chargers have brought in more athletes and I think better players that could potentially stay on the football field more than Jatavis Brown. So uh, I think he definitely should be looking over his shoulder because there are several guys that are going to be looking at his spot when this season and cuts come around. Yeah, and that's putting him on the hot seat with Nick DeZubner, too, as another linebacker who could potentially not make this roster after being a guy who's been here consistently over the last few seasons. So I think it's a legitimate question. We've never seen him return to that rookie form where he had three and a half sacks that year. He had 79 tackles. He was really good in coverage. He hasn't been great in coverage since. The last year he graded out as a 534 overall by pro football focus just on defense in general so even though he's getting a lot of stabs it didn't mean that he was necessarily making the most out of it john so i think jatavis brown right now especially what what david said being injured having been injured pretty much every season he's been in the league it might catch up to him eventually especially when he missed the first two preseason games well if you look at the number of guys right now you're gonna have thomas davis denzel perryman uchenna nawosu zir white and then the rookies with Tranquil and Emeke Abule. That's six guys just right there alone. The last few guys to fight for the spot are going to be Kyle Wilson, Tavis Brown, and Nick DeZuner. We already know DeZuner is not a guy 
for linebacker. He's just special teams. So unless they want to keep him just for special teams, he's not really in this argument. It's going to be, would you rather have Kyle Wilson or Detavis Brown? Kyle Wilson, who's a young, maybe could be upcoming player who hasn't had injury issues, or Detavis Brown, who showed what he could be, then got hurt, hasn't been that, you know, which two guys do you want to go do you want to go through? Once you get injuries, you tend to never get back to where you are unless you're a special case like a Keenan Allen. But Jatavis Brown hasn't even showed he's getting closer to that rookie yeah. season. He just goes down, down, down. Oh, here's another injury. And now he's going down even more. Here's another injury. It you it's really Kyle Wilson to Tavis Brown. Which one would you rather have? I think that's a fair point. And I think even without Kyle Wilson, you have this Denzel Perryman. And we'll put Drew Tranquil there at Mike right now. You have Kazir White and Thomas Davis. And you have Chenna Nwosu and Emeka Egbule right there. Those are two guys you drafted this year. I'm not saying Egbule's spot is in cement and can't be changed. But that's six linebackers right there. Not even including all three of those guys. Wilson, Jatavis Brown, or Nick DeZubner. So I think right now it's seeming like he's definitely on the hot seat. I'm not going to say he's going to get cut, but... To see him on this list is not a surprise at all for me because especially with his poor performance in the last game that I saw from him, it's hard for me to just say right now, hey, this guy is going to make this roster, which sucks because you hate for a guy to have his career kind of derailed a little bit by injuries and never really being able to come back to that full form that we saw him in early on in his career. But we do have one more segment to get into talking about the Chargers record and how ESPN's football power index thinks they're going to do this season as far as their ceiling and their floor. We'll get into that right after the break. All right, guys, final segment of the show today, talking about ESPN's Football Power Index, doing all their simulations for this NFL season and coming out with each NFL team's ceiling and each NFL team's floor. So I didn't tell you what it said at the beginning because I needed you to listen until right now to get it because, hey, if you're not an ESPN Plus member, you aren't, you don't have the access that I have. But I will tell you guys that this list right here has the Chargers floor being 6-10 and 10 and the ceiling being 11-5. and 5. So I think that might make some Charger fans upset. How could the ceiling be 11-5? and 5? I mean, they were 12-4 and 4 last year. Well, now you don't have Derwin James, but just to give you guys an example of what this thing is actually registering, it says to find a ceiling and floor for NFL's to find a ceiling and floor for each NFL team's expected performance this season, we pulled the middle 90% of ESPN stats and information's 10,000 football power index simulations of the 2019 campaign for each team. That eliminated outliers and gave us realistic best and worst case win total projection scenarios. In other words, Roughly 90% of the Bills simulations had them finishing between four and nine wins. So that kind of gives you an example of what it's talking about right there, John. So when you see that as the floor and the ceiling for the Chargers, do you agree or do you disagree? I would agree. Uh, I don't think we're going to be 12 and four again with the injuries we have and the holdouts. I don't think we're going to reach that level again, but 11 and five might be a possibility if you somehow reel out some of the big wins but at the same time we've already had a few injuries during training camp so who's to say more aren't going to happen to bring in that six and ten area so i think it's a pretty good uh spot to be in between 11 and 5 6 and 10 i think it's pretty accurate but it, the real question is if somehow some way melvin gordon comes back would that simulation have changed a little bit that i think that's the real question because if melvin gordon comes back week one i think you look at that and go well now maybe that ceiling changes or maybe 
the worst record we could get changes. Yeah, I think it's a realistic ceiling for this team right now without Derwin James. You expect him to at least probably miss the first 10 games of the season. I don't think that's out of the question at all. For comparison, the chief ceiling on this list is 13-3. and Their floor is 8-8. and I think that's a pretty big gap for them. I don't think there's anyone in Chiefs' kingdom that thinks the Chiefs are going 8-8. Eight and eight. So another AFC West team is the Raiders. Their ceiling is 9-7. and seven. Their floor is 4-12. and 12. So I think that's pretty accurate too. So I don't necessarily disagree with the Chargers. I think, I mean, hey, there's an outside chance they go 12-4. and four, But that's not really realistic. And these simulations are telling you that, David. To get Eric Williams' perspective on it, he wrote on this that the biggest thing for the Chargers is going to be their record in close games. The two seasons prior to 2018, the Chargers were terrible in one possession games. I mean, even going further than that. And then last year, when their record was much better, their overall record was much better. So, David, I think Eric Williams is right that for the Chargers to reach the ceiling of this team, they're going to have to play mistake-free, especially late in games, and win those close ones like they did last season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and like those close games, obviously, they can go either way. And, you know, for many years, it seemed like it went against the Chargers. So to see them win several of them and, hey, luck has something to do with it, sure. But also putting your team in a position and also being aggressive with some play calls also, you know, which we saw a lot last year, helped the Chargers win some of those games. So, you know, hey, if they can execute in those those close games, then, yeah, I, I definitely can see them around 11, maybe 12 wins. But the Derwin James injury is huge, man. I mean, he definitely saved the Chargers on several different occasions last year. I don't think that injury can be understated. For me, my issue is with the floor. I I don't even know, even if, God forbid, Phillip Rivers got hurt and was out. I think Tyrod Taylor is still capable of winning more than six games just with the talent around him on the defense and offensive side. So that's kind of more of the, what I have a problem with the, the ceiling. I can see that that's definitely, that seems legitimate uh, to me, but the floor, I, I don't know. I think six wins is, is definitely a little pushing it for me. I don't think it's that far fetched to be honest. I mean, what if Keenan Allen goes down? Uh, what if one of the other running backs out of the two who have never had a full workload for the season go down. I mean, we've seen Philip Rivers. The offensive line have, goes down. I mean, if anyone else goes down the offensive line, I think injuries are the big thing here. And I know Charger fans have obviously felt snake bitten, but I think at some point you're like, you know what? Injuries happen. At the same time, the Chargers arguably have the biggest injury already of the NFL season right now. I mean, you could say Lamar Miller's ACL and he's for sure done for the year, but I just don't think Lamar Miller and Derwin James as far as impact on the field or anywhere close to each other. So I think right now the Chargers already have the worst luck in the NFL injury-wise, and I don't think you can really count anything out if you're the football power index because, hey, you're running 10,000 simulations. How many of those have main Chargers getting injured? We still don't know about Melvin Gordon. If he holds out till week 10 and you don't have Derwin James, and then you lose one more player, it would be a very tough season. I think Tyrod Taylor is a more than capable backup, but I think if you're talking about Phillip Rivers, you have to be talking about how many games is he going to play before he gets injured. I think Tyrod Taylor with this team, depending on the other injuries that might surround that, could definitely get to probably seven wins, I would say. I think that's a safe bet. So I get what you're saying there, but I think this is a pretty realistic 
explanation of how things could go, John. And for the Chargers, Eric Williams is right. They're going to have to win those close games, but they got lucky a few times last season. And you can't exactly rely on those type of games and those type of bounces to happen for you again. Yeah, there was a lot of games that we probably shouldn't have won that we won, like the Titans game and the Steelers game, just to name a couple. And this year, you already have games that are historically hard for the Chargers, playing in Miami, playing against the Packers, even playing against the Bears defense. And we got games that we struggle against, and the team is probably the best in the NFL, if not second best, in the Chiefs you play twice. So just uh, just with that stuff alone, you've already got an uphill challenge of trying to win those. And then you're going to have your close games that you have to win, especially division games. Division games will always be close, even if the team sucks. So if you can't even win the close games, which you barely won last year, you six and ten might even be high. If for a floor. Yeah, it, I'm saying six and ten might even be high for us if we even have – all the games close like we usually do. We'll have games where we're up by like 20, and then we let the team back in, and it's, do we hold them off, or do we end up winning the game? We have so many close games almost every year. It could be like 10 to 12 close games, and how many of those are you going to win? Yeah, you can't necessarily rely on those results to keep going in your favor, but if anyone is overdue, the Chargers were overdue last year. It worked out for them. They, we're probably still do a few of those games after all the heartbreaking losses in 2017, 2016, 2015. I mean, so many. It's too hard to even count. But you definitely had the Chargers luck out a little bit in the as far as their early season schedule because the Texans aren't looking great right now. The offensive line still has huge question marks. Then you have the Andrew Luck situation, and those are both in the first three weeks for the Chargers. So those are still going to be tough games. But other games, I mean, you have the Steelers this year. The Titans always play you tough. The Bears have a great defense and a good head coach who knows how to run offenses. You have the Packers. You get the Chiefs twice. You have a new Jaguars team that aren't held back by Blake Bortles who beat you with Blake Bortles. And then you have a team like the Vikings who has a ton of talent on it too. So there's a lot of tough games. I think this is pretty accurate about the range of the wins the Chargers could get this season. That is going to wrap things up for today's show. We have some voicemails to get into tomorrow as well as some more regarding this roster and the deadline coming up this weekend. But until next time, guys, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts from, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or wherever you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast. If you want to be like the three voicemails we have right now, all you have to do is call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. I know there's a lot of questions out there from the fan base right now, a lot of answers that we might not even have, but hey, we'll give it our best shot on the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. So call in there so you can get your voice on the Locked On Chargers podcast. But we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.